Good morning. Good morning. Happy birthday. Thank you. We are officially recording on my birthday, July 6th. Everyone put it in your calendars. Did Kagan wake you up with rose petals leading to, I don't know, a beautiful bathtub and I don't know, romance? Like what, what was his morning routine on the day of your birth? He did, actually. There were rose petals. Um, there was a bathtub. He, we don't actually have a bathtub, but he had ones installed overnight right, right. for this experience. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, we made love, if you must Ugh. know. No, uh, he's still asleep. And um, I woke up to I woke up to a dark apartment since I had drawn the blinds yesterday and had a very, you know, very dark day in mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. in order to recuperate from boat day. So yeah. I didn't want any I just wanted to watch shows and drink water. Yeah. Which yeah. I did do. Anyway, I digress. Um, I woke up, I made myself coffee and I relished in being 31. Amazing. Wow. Thank you. Beautiful. Congratulations on another year. <laughs> Thank you so much. Truly. Oh my gosh. I just hope I make it through this day. You are. You're going to be great. It's it's totally fine. I think you have things planned that you like to do. It's going to be, you know, perfect. It's going to be low key. And then it's going to be true. Over. And then thank God I only have – it's 9.36 a.m. right now. I mm-hmm. only have another – 14 hours probably to get through. So I think I can Uh, do it. uh, uh, It's just, I don't even know what to do about my birthday this year. I like, I want to do this. I want to disappear off the grid. Sorry, we're talking about me now. It's your birthday, (laughs) but we're talking about me. (laughs) No, I was about to tease you for that. Um, It is honestly so tough because you and I are such demons, like truly birthday demons. And so I'm just like psyching myself up this morning. I'm like, you can't have a breakdown. You can't but like, freak out. This is the thing. I think it's different because you, we both just, I mean, 25 wasn't a huge milestone birthday, but like a little bit. You you just had a total milestone birthday like last year. And I right. think when they're not milestone numbers, we care a little bit less. I do think we don't care as mm. much when they're not like milestone numbers. Yeah. When they're milestone numbers, obviously we care a lot. But mm. when I had my my famous birthday breakdown, I think when I turned 28, Eight, mm-hmm. um, or maybe it was twenty nine. One of the two. This one. No, the famous birthday breakdown I had when Kagan gave me. Remember? Oh yes, oh I do remember. Sorry, that it all blends together. All of our meltdowns, you know. If you haven't heard the story yet, I'll tell it briefly. Um, it, it was a year into dating, and I turned twenty eight, and Kagan um gave me for my birthday. What was a looking back a perfectly nice gift? He got me a beach umbrella, a cute beach towel, and a beach bag because I had started really like going to the beach, um, which was a new thing for me. Mm-hmm. Um, embarrassingly for me, I didn't feel like this was a like truly like a romantic I mean, or sentimental gift. Yeah, yeah. I wanted a you know my wish would have been like a piece of jewelry, something meaningful that I could wear every day, and just like I wanted a little more romance I guess Mm -hmm, you could mm -hmm. say or like whatever and anyway the birthday monster and me uh started crying (laughs) when I opened it and I don't know how I I, we are still happily together you are stuck around I think it's fine I mean I think it's hard when it's a gift from your partner you want it to feel a little bit more romantic it doesn't have to be you know like you know pounds of diamonds and and rubies but you just want it to feel slightly thoughtful and romantic and not that it's not that gift wasn't thoughtful it's just it's a little more utility you know exactly it's 
true. And I think especially if you have a partner who's le- a, like less of a romantic, uh-huh. who's not pen- penning you verse, you know, right. on non-holidays. Right. So you kind of use – holidays are basically your one excuse for when, you know, yes. pen verse is essentially forced. Right. So when the verse is not penned, the tears are shed. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Completely agree. Completely agree. Anyway. Yeah. But yeah. I think I've grown up. I think I've matured and – I just pray to God I get through the next 14 hours You're unscathed, emotionally unscathed. You're going to be great. Thank um, you. Um, Lauren, I had another milestone this morning. Can I tell you about it? What? I didn't get murdered in my apartment last night. And Okay, because you slept for I the slept first there. time without Ben? Yes. Yeah, I was the first time ever sleeping in my apartment by myself. Great. Well, I'm so happy you didn't get mm-hmm. murdered. That's mm-hmm. awesome. Yeah. That's kind of – that was honestly my first thought when I woke up. I did, did wake up about every two hours thinking someone was in my apartment. Yeah, yeah. There, there was like the perfect sound of like footsteps shuffling. It's just um, like another shade of our narcissism. I know. It totally is. Like the I, birthday has to be over the top. The – you know, if we're alone overnight, of course someone needs to be hunting us down. Of course. Jason Bourne, you know, adjacent like character is like trying to get into my building. Also, mm-hmm. I live in a building with like 40 stories and mm-hmm. there's like, you know, probably at least 15 apartments on every single floor. So the idea right. of that like somebody would at random, you know, maybe if I'm a little bit less narcissistic, but there is, you know, a ne'er-do-well in my building that they would choose my apartment. Also right. very slim. None of it makes sense. It's not rational, but I've so been there with you. And I wake up, even with Kagan in bed with me, I wake up like, every two weeks thinking someone's in the apartment, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. like scared. Yeah. You know? I even woke up feeling scared when I was in your apartment. Luckily, I think, <laughs> like when I was there with everybody. When there were seven people yes, sleeping in my yes, apartment. Yeah. Um, I think there's, what's nice about your apartment is that the air conditioning is extremely loud. I yes, don't know if it's it it on, but it's really nice. It's like provides a great like white noise. And so the minute that there's like any type of silence is when like, it's when I can hear the intruder the most, you know? Yeah. But then I always had to have these thoughts of like, or I try to like, you know, rationalize like what's actually happening. And I'm like, okay, like if the person has been walking around my apartment for the past four hours before they kill me, like that doesn't feel right. You know? I'm like, okay, if they haven't done it by now, they're probably never going to do it. Well, see, that's interesting because I never think that the person is going to like assault me or is after me. I always think it's a thief. And I always think they're like, you know. It's, it's kind of like one and the same, in my opinion. It's like, oh, I mean. they're going to steal your virtue? <laughs> no. You can't like, steal what doesn't exist. No. <laughs> what I'm saying is that they are going to steal, like, like if someone's like trying to steal goods, like aren't they going to like fend, like fight me off, you know? Um, well, I think here's the thing. I think the the ne'er-do-wells, the thieves, they want to get the goods and they want to depart with the goods. They don't want any sort of altercation or interaction. Like that mom always told us growing up, like if there's an intruder, just pretend to be asleep. Remember that? I never remember that. This is why we have – Oh, yeah. I don't remember that, but the fact that that was like common, I guess, uh, probably worked its way into my subconscious and that's why we're so afraid. I just wonder if other people experience this as well, like and experience this right. kind of – Right. Neuroticism is really the only way to put it. Yeah. It's something that I hope like subsides as I'm like, okay, now I'm, you know, day one. I hope this is like only gets better because I would like to live alone eventually. You know, I'd like to have that experience in my life. So got to overcome this first. 
Yeah, I think you'll be fine. I think that, you know, you'll realize the unfortunate reality, which is that you're just not special enough for anyone to be hunting you down. It's true. It's a thousand percent true. Anyone be willing to risk the law. What else um, is Tell on? me, I want to hear about Bote. Oh, okay. My 4th of July. Mm-hmm. You know, Bote was really fun. Um, it was a blast. It looked it was. out of this world. Like seeing your stories and the, uh, just the general, uh, you know, the sheer amount of yachts. It was so fun. Oh my gosh. Um, we, there were 45 people. We had four boats. Um, and it was so, so fun. There's actually a video someone took with like aerial drone shots and it okay. was it's pretty epic, but I decided to wow. restrain myself and yeah. not post it. Honestly, that sounds like, it sounds like a good <laughs> idea. I would have made fun of you for that. Oh, did you my- see the drone footage of my 4th of July? I'm sure it will surface eventually in a TBT post from you, but until then, proud <laughs> yeah, of you. Exactly. Just a thirsty TBT, right. I'm sure, is forthcoming. Missing this. Yeah, Wish I, I was here. Take me back. Totally. If yeah. only. If only. Okay. My 4th of July was beautiful. I, it was very East Coast, okay? I, you and I are West Coast gals, and I never really had an East Coast type of like summer experience. I really never spent any time on the East Coast dur- over the summer. Um, right. And Ben and I left Friday morning to go be with his family for the holiday. Um, I was very nervous. I had like several like moments where I was like, okay, I'm really nervous. I'm really nervous. I'm starting to feel pretty nervous. Um, I've just never met someone's family who I was like seriously dating. Well, like I I have, but it was years ago and I've just, you know, I care, I care a lot about this and I wanted it to be good. So we like drive there and, uh, it's like a couple hour drive and I'm just, you know, my nervousness is just kind of ramping up. But luckily his family was very, very sweet and welcoming. And so the nervousness, you know, faded away pretty quickly. Um, And we went to this house that uh, belongs to his cousins and it's like right on the water. And I mean, it was just like the quintessential, beautiful East Coast um, type of holiday. We did some crabbing, we did a little bit of sailing, and then we actually cooked the crabs that we caught. How the, fun. Yeah, it was really fun. I actually, I did not catch any crabs. I'll be totally honest with the group. Um, the kids and like his uncle caught all the crabs, but I did uh, partake of them. When I like actually got to like break open the crabs myself and like eat them, it was so fun. Just cool. Like just totally unlike anything I've ever done before. I'm used to our parents going to Costco, buying king crab, and then, you know, bringing it home for me to then consume in our like kitchen. Mm-hmm. Um so it was really fun. I do think now, you know, after this crab experience, I did, I think I could survive on some type of survival show, you know, like as long as I have the proper spices and tools. Yeah. Especially like if the show was filmed in like the Chesapeake Bay or something, I could definitely do that. For sure. If the survival show was like surviving at a home in the Hamptons, you could absolutely do it. I would thrive. I would totally thrive. I, to- I really know what I'm doing now. I just feel like East Coasters have such a different sensibility when it comes to summering. Like it's such yeah. a different aesthetic and such a there's different activities, different food, different mm-hmm. hobbies, different mm-hmm. sensibilities, different modalities. Sure, wow. I mean, 
it's, it's, it's truly like a different experience. And I'm very jealous because I've always thought that East Coasters are way classier in summer than West Coasters. And I'm jealous you've had this experience because I've oh. always wanted an East Coast like summery experience, like Nantucket, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I'm actually going there in like a few weeks. So I've always wanted to wear like an oversized sweatshirt mm-hmm. that says Nantucket on Nantucket, you know? Well, um, that probably will be the reality I'm living in a few weeks. So wow. sorry. Um, you know, sorry. And, and if you do it now after me, you'll be copying me. So sorry. That's just, let's just forego this dream for you completely. I'm so jealous. It was very um, fun. And it was like, I meeting his family was wonderful and everything was great. I do have one slightly horrifying story to tell you. Okay. What? So as you know, Lauren, the women in our family have larger feet than most. Like it's true above average. Like we don't, we're not all like, we don't have the largest size they carry, but you know, I have been, uh, we basically have the biggest size. I have been a size 10 since I was in the sixth grade. Okay. For as long as I can remember, I've been a women's 10 and this is always made me feel like pretty self-conscious and yeah, it comes in waves. Like, you know, I feel like I feel a lot of positivity about my body and who I am. And so my feet are a part of that. And I'm like, you know, I'm proud of it, whatever. But then I have moments, you know, when I'm like trying to find some Prada loafers and I have to go to the men's section of Nordstrom to try on the appropriate size. Mm-hmm. They're out of all, you know, the, the <laughs> uh, women's sizes. They only have like, you know, the dainty sizes, Italian sizes, yes. but whatever. Yes. So Ben and I have the same size feet. Okay. Okay. This is something we've discovered. I've come to terms with. Like I, the full, fully the same size. No, like the length is the same, but his are like a wider than mine. Okay. So we wear a different shoe size, but like if we put our feet up to each other's, it's the same. And mine, mine okay. I'm honestly, might even be slightly longer, okay. um, which isn't great. This doesn't make me feel amazing when I think about it. But we had a moment of radical vulnerability and we shared this with his family <laughs> as a joke. You did. Yeah. Like, oh, we kind of have the same size feet. And it's just like funny. And we're just, you know, laughing about it. And this sparked some curiosity in his brother-in-laws and his dad. Because they were like, well, what size shoe do you wear? And I was like, I'm a 10, but that's like technically a men's eight and a half. And they're like, well, I'm – but Ben's like a men's 10. So I'm like, how does this all work? Yeah, that's not possible if Ben's a men's 10. But like his – but it's because of the width. Gotcha. So uh, I then proceeded to – uh, compare my feet to his dad's. Stop. His brother-in-law and his other brother-in-law. Stop it. Um, I have the exact same size feet as all of them. Stop it right now. <laughs> I'm, I'm not kidding you. This was uh, my most humbling moment of the last 10 years. Wow. I oh, uh, They're I all over six you. feet, by the way. They're all over six feet. Okay, okay, his family has unnaturally small feet then. If they're all if they're all six feet and over and have the same would, shoe size as a girl who's five nine. What size shoe is Kagan? Uh Kagan's an eleven. And I'm like Have you compared I, your feet to Kagan's feet ever? Yeah, I mean like I'll wear his sandals, go grass something, and they're definitely like hard to walk in for me. Yeah. Um, I'm a nine and a half and I, so it's like, I'm basically a 10. Like I'm, we basically have the same size feet. The thing about it though, is that we also like are five, nine, like we're not, we're, we're the same height as Luann. Like we're not diminutive creatures, you know, like we're Kendall Jenner's height. Okay. It's true. It's true. It's true. I'm tall and I'm proud of it. Um, but this was humbling and I had to have a moment with Ben afterwards where I was like, do you think I'm like dainty? (laughs) 
I'm like, tell me three things you think are dainty about me. Oh my gosh. What did he say? <laughs> oh, I didn't actually ask him for three things. Oh, I could okay. probably text him on that right now and just kind of, you know, get maybe a, you know, a little bit more validation because it was even, even, even in retelling it, I'm having, you know, slight PTSD from just feeling like gargantuan. You know, I, I applaud you for this. I will say, um, I think it's just so funny how many like how many things there are about being a woman that are like low key things to be embarrassed yes, about or yes. like like what there's no other equivalent for guys. I guess maybe there is. I guess maybe there's like balding and height for men. Yeah. But I I feel like it's just like for for girls there's just like more things to be well, like, like stuff- more features to be like compared and scrutinized. Right, right. And it's like it's Stuff that's totally out of your control that's, like, inherently embarrassing. Yeah, but I will tell you, I've never been embarrassed about my feet. I've never thought twice about them. I still don't. And I just feel like in some I don't shoes, think you should either. Like, in, I know. I feel no like our feet notices. look proportional to our bodies. Right. And, and my feet are, like, narrow. Like, they're not super wide. I have, like, cute toes, as far as I'm aware. Totally. Um, but there was just some – I mean, his own brother-in-law is like 6'2", and we had the exact same size feet. Okay, then his family has like freakishly small feet. Well, these were like brother-in-laws, the though. I don't know. I think well, also I, just well, – Those foot, people. Foot, if yeah, a man, I, think, I don't care if they're related to men or not. If he's 6'2", and has the same size feet as a woman who's 5'9", then he has a naturally small feet. I think also shoe size just doesn't always determine height. It's just like sometimes they're – it's not like a direct correlation. Oh, interesting. Huh. Yeah. I, think I always thought have, it was like – I think to be, like to balance your yeah. feet need to be a certain length so you don't tip over. Well, I think depending yes. on your height, but that could be a misunderstanding of his anatomy. I'm sure that's true for the most part, but I just don't think it's always like, okay, you're this tall, so you're gonna have this size feet. Right, right. I think there's a like it's a little bit of a spectrum. You know, it's like everything yeah. else, Lauren. It's a spectrum. So I just thought you would appreciate that because uh, I knew that. I, I also told mom, and she was like dying laughing. That's so funny. So. Did you have a meltdown over it or no? Were you? I mean, I I choked back. I did start to feel my throat, you know, tightening. Like I was maybe going to start crying afterwards when I was like, I was like, do you not like me as much now because of that? (laughs) And he was just like, was laughing. And then I, you know, had to ask if I was still dainty in his eyes. I just love that you and I are both the type where we, like, we cannot play it cool and we cannot just let the moment move on. We have to ask for the validation. Ask if they still love us. Ask if if they still love us in spite of this thing. It's just mm-hmm. so funny. I know. Well, I'm, you know, I'm going to start therapy pretty soon. So, you know, we'll okay. see. Better help, baby. Better yeah, help. Better okay, help. can I tell you about my 4th of July meltdown, which I just remembered? Yes. It's time to talk about Spade and Sparrows, one of this pod's favorite wines. The last time I helped myself to some Spade and Sparrows, I, along with some friends, found ourselves going down a rabbit hole, where we spent the better part of the night watching any and all YouTube videos of Harry Styles. Yes, you heard that right. We spent like three to four hours just scouring the internet like teenage girls searching for content of our crush. And I have no regrets whatsoever, frankly, because it was a beautiful evening drinking some wonderful Spade and Sparrows. Spade and Sparrows truly makes for an experience no matter which of the four varietals you choose from. It's also made by a woman we all know and love, Caitlin Bristow, Bachelorette star, fellow podcaster. She's also a girl after my own heart. She isn't a wine snob and simply wanted to create something lovely and delicious for the world to enjoy. Spade and Sparrows is available in select liquor stores across Canada, as well as select Walmarts in California. 
It's also available online at spadeandsparrows.com. Enter code POP15 at checkout to receive 15% off your first purchase. So I went to Walmart a couple days before the 4th of July to get some ribbon, okay. um, like some ribbon by the yard for okay. my hat. I have okay. a cute hat where you can, in, there's interchangeable ribbon um, that you can put on, put in it. Yes, and so it's meant to have a piece of ribbon going on along the front and then it goes through these metal loops underneath and then gets tied in a bow. I think those hats um, are by- so beautiful and I actually really need to get one for myself. They're so cute. It's by Sarah Bray. I love her hats. She's amazing. And I have an a naturally large head while we're talking about, I guess, extremities. Oh, this makes me feel good. Okay, continue. Um, so hats never fit me. But anyway, hers do. So Or some of hers do. So anyway, um, that's an aside. So I decided that I would get a white bikini for the fourth and then a piece of red ribbon, like, you know, red lace ribbon and blue. and. Cute kind of tie them together yes um or have them both running through mm-hmm. that way i'd be in red white and blue now that's um, the type of thing that would catch a founding father's eye i'll tell you that much truly truly which is which was my goal mm-hmm. um should one be resurrected but anyway i i went to walmart kagan drops me off and he's he's just gonna circle while i run in and get these two pieces of ribbon like how long could it take yeah so I go in and I go to the place where there's like ribbon by the yard, like by the fabric. Yeah. And of course there's no one working there, you know, naturally. like of course, naturally. Yeah. So I like look around frantically, there's no one there. So I finally go and I get someone in another section, I'm like, can you help me? Of yeah. course, you know, the, the English is not great and it's my problem. I should really not speak Spanish, right. but I do not. It's true. Um, so they come over, they don't know how to operate this section of the store. So they just cut the pieces of ribbon for me, the two yards each, and then give it to me. But they don't give me any sort of ticket or tag. Okay. Which so I know is going to be a problem. Yes, although I'm way too paranoid to ever do that. Right. So... I stand in line and I know what's going to happen. I get to the front mm-hmm. and the girl looks at the ribbon and has no clue how to ring it up. Right. And at this point, I've just stood in like a 10 minute long line to get to the front. Kagan is circling up front. He's super impatient. He wants to go home. Ugh. Now He didn't actually have that energy, but I just knew that's what how he felt. Did you he offer anything? any type of thing like, oh, I know that it usually costs about this much. Anything like that. No, no, no. I, I, I didn't. I, I said, you can charge my card like 20 bucks. I don't care. Yeah. Um, and w- it ended up being 382. So that was extra generous of me. But, yeah. you know, wow. Walmart, Walmart stock did not skyrocket that day by an unexpected overpayment. Mm-hmm. Um, they did not accept this. She said she couldn't do that. What? So she says, just move aside. Um, I'll have someone like come up and help. So she goes on the intercom. She makes the announcement. Mm-hmm. She asked me to step aside so she can, she can continue ringing people up. I kid you not. I stood there for 25 minutes. <gasps> no. 20, uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, 25 minutes waiting and waiting. Each person would – she'd bring someone up. Then I would say, hey, do you think someone's coming? She just looks at me and she kind of shrugs. So I'm just standing there. I'm, and it's just like – it's just a situation where I can't come back. Like I had t- – Kagan drop me off. I don't have a car. Like it's mm-hmm. not easy for me to just – you know, like I'm here. Right. Like, there's already enough sunk cost in this. I just need to get through to the yeah, end of this experience. Yeah, yeah. So I'm very frustrated at this point. And I just text Kagan and I said, I'm standing here for forever. I don't know when they're going to, when this is going to be figured out. But yeah. You should just go. I, 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 just, I, I, I type, just go. Ugh, just go. <laughs> just leave me. Exactly. Of course, in my head, I'm thinking, like, he's out of this. Like, 
he's not going to go. Like, he won't actually right, go, right. but it's nice for me to say that. Right, right. Oh, no. Immediately, he bails. He <gasps> didn't even respond back. I can just see on his little geolocator <gasps> that he's it's gone. That he's gone. That he's it's leaving. Long gone. Okay. And I got so mad. Like, I internally, I was just like, I cannot believe he actually left me. After I've told him to leave, I'm like, I cannot believe he left. He just left me. Like, it it didn't take it didn't take any convincing. He was it was just so easy for him to just leave, and I'm like, and I'm so frustrated, like so frustrated. I'm watching like someone with like 300 items in her cart like unload, you know, to be the next person while oh I'm just gosh. standing there. Anyway, the problem eventually gets resolved after 25 <sighs> minutes. Kagan at that part is gone. I am. I call or he calls me and I'm like so terse and like short with him. I'm just like, yeah, I just finally, you know, right, finally right. got off. Okay. And he's like, well, yeah. do you want me to come pick you up? And I'm like, no, 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 it's yeah. fine. It's fine. Don't worry about it. It's just like, you know, the you, I knew I was descending into crazy territory. Right. Like I knew this was like hormonal craziness. Like I had literally said well, the words just go. This is the So issue. the idea that he wasn't supposed, that he was supposed to stay I know, is I know. nuts. It's just like the, the thing is, I think we just have to not say those things. I think it's the because I don't think we mean them, and I think if you don't mean it, it's not you no, can't say it. I know, but as a woman, I think there is always this temptation to like to semi-test. You know what I right, mean? Right. To like kind of like Toxic. throw out something, just thinking they'll do the opposite. I know. It's toxic. It's the most toxic trait. I was able to pull it together Mm -hmm. and not get upset. Thankfully, I actually scootered home and it didn't end up being too bad. And I got home and on the way home, of course, I I thought that I was having a a weird stomach cramp. Mm -hmm. And so I convinced myself that I was having an appendicitis. Mm, Naturally. So I got home. I made Kagan. We looked up on YouTube, made him do like an at-home appendicitis exam. Uh, anyway, Wait, this was the, the, what does that entail? They Our just like push like certain parts of your abdomen yeah. to see if you have like a, like a painful reaction. Okay. Okay. I was convinced I was having an appendicitis. Okay. No, I wasn't. No. Everything was fine. Okay. Um, and, and I managed to not um, get upset with Kagan at all and I let it go and as, he, as I should not have. So it's I like, feel glad about that. Right. But. It's like how, yeah, it's so toxic how we like sometimes say things that we don't mean and then get mad at people for like taking those those words at their uh, meaning, at their worth. Well, yeah, we we get mad at people for listening to us. It's Mm -hmm. like we just set them up Mm -hmm. to fail Mm -hmm. and it's just such a toxic trait. And so I am glad that I didn't actually like – follow through to the end of that right. scenario where like there was actually like an issue. Yeah. Yeah. Agreed. You know, I was able to rein in the emotions. More things to talk about and better help. You know, there's just like a laundry list and it's growing. It's true. Although, okay, I do have, this is a 30 second story. So on the boat, my, my hat flew off mm-hmm. and went into the ocean mm-hmm. as we were driving out. No. And I know. And Kagan dove into the ocean. Really? Yes, I kind of like made him stop for like 30 seconds. I was like, don't do it. It's not worth it. I don't care. Like, it's over. Yeah. He was like, no, you love hats. And he Aww. literally dove off the off the boat into the ocean. By that point, it had floated like at least 200, 200 feet away. What? So it was like pretty far because I had like, you know, been been holding him back. And, but, mm-hmm. you know, so anyway, and because we were moving, the boat was moving. Anyway, he- Did they stop the boat? 
No, he just swam all the way out and got it. And then there was another one of our other boats was closer to it. So he just went on, got on the other boat. Oh my gosh. I know. It was that so is like nice. a true superhero move. I know. Oh. It was, it was truly so sweet. So it, it reminds me of the Britney Spears song where she's like, the, the ring fell down to the bottom of the ocean. Well, baby, I went down and got it. Oh, Do you I remember never this? Heard that song. No. It's in the middle of Lucky. Oh, I don't remember. That. Like, there's like a, an interlude of sorts. I think that's mm. maybe the word for it. Um, well, well speaking sweet. of Britney Spears, yeah, it was very sweet. Um, speaking of Britney Spears, can we talk about one interest? Can we talk about the New Yorker article that yes. came out about yes. her? Yes. Yeah. Okay. So Gia Tolentino and Ronan Farrow they co-published this article on the Britney Spears conservatorship. It's really, really good. But one thing in in it that came out is that Britney called 911 the morning before her hearing. What? And yeah, you didn't know about this? No. Yes. And there's kind of this conspiracy theory or just theory at this point that she called 911 because she was like afraid that they would harm her. Before and her hearing. Before she could speak out. Yeah. Oh my god. Because here's the thing. I mean, if she perished, like the executors of her estate, like the Right. Like, I'm pretty sure that her family would just get everything. Oh, my So gosh. there is, like, this perverse incentive. And clearly this family is, like, willing to take away her life while Literally. she's living. Yeah, yeah. So I think that it's very interesting. Oh, my gosh. I did not know about that. That's, like, horrifying. I know. So dark. So dark. Well, the judge last week denied the filing to remove her dad as a conservator. Right. And this like happened after her testimony. And so it just seems like nothing that she's doing is is working in the slightest way. Well, there's speculation that the judge is paid off. Oh, I'm I mean, sure. obviously this is a I lo- it's a conspiracy theory, so it's just speculation. Um Well, I mean, but it's, it's so crazy to me that the the people hired that she's paying for the lawyers who are keeping her in the conservatorship. I think that's what it is. It's like there's this entire network of people around her who now all live off of her being under this conservatorship. Right. And so until those people are like disbanded essentially or until like I I think that's that it really is the issue. It's like her – this conservatorship being over means a bunch of people lose their livelihoods. Mm -hmm. And so those people are going to fight to the death to keep her under it, which is pretty wild. But I feel like there's a lot of movement. Like Larry Rudolph, her manager has recently resigned. So there's a, there's a lot happening on the case. There's so much, you kind of need to become like a full, full full-time Britney commentator at this point to really have the brass tacks articulated for people. But if you guys are interested in following the most up-to-date news, you got to check out the Instagram account House Inhabit. House Inhabit. She's amazing and she's breaking it down like moment by moment as things come out. So yeah, it's just super interesting. Very sad. Yeah, so sad. Another piece of celebrity news that I saw that I thought was very interesting. Um, Pete Davidson is having all of his tattoos removed. Lauren, do you know who Pete Davidson is? Yes. Former boyfriend of Ariana Grande. Do you know about the song um, Pete Davidson? Yes, I do. Okay. So he, we love, I really like Pete Davidson. I think he's very funny. I also find him to be somewhat attractive. I'm not going to lie. Um, okay. There's something about him. But I hearing that in, his tattoos are kind of like his, his look. Like they are a part of his identity, I would say. And so hearing that he was going to remove them all is 
uh, it's pretty wild because he has a ton of them. Like he's not Travis Barker level, but he has tattoos, you know, basically covering the majority of his body. I've heard tattoo removal is also extremely painful. Yeah. He was saying that you are like in a dark room with the, or not in a dark room. You have to wear really big glasses because the lasers are so bright. And so you're blind basically while it's happening. And then the doctor is like, has to ask you every single time, like, can I remove, you know, this Donald Duck tattoo? Can I remove this one? And then like, then they go at it with the laser and it's super painful. Mm -hmm. But he was saying, so the whole reason why he's doing it is because he was like, you know, he was on SNL. He's like a comedian, um, but he's started to do more acting type things. And I guess, you know, this makes sense, but you have to get to set like three hours earlier than everyone else to get your tattoos just covered, you oh know, if you gosh. have natural tattoos. And so he's just like wanting to take acting more seriously. And I think this is like just, you know, a part of, uh, you know, doing that. Interesting. I, and I like, I've definitely thought, oh, maybe I want a tattoo. Maybe I do kind of want something. Like, I, especially when I see my friends who have cute tattoos or ones that look good, I'm always mm-hmm. like kind of, my, my interest is peaked. But uh, after hearing about just the straight up removal process, I'm just like, nope, I can't do it. It's not for me. It'll never happen. I, I also just don't think that it ever really goes back to looking like, Oh, I like virgin skin. I don't think it goes back to looking like normal. Yeah, regular skin either, especially when you have them like everywhere. Yeah, I mean, there's not a chance. I followed this one girl on Instagram who had her wedding ring tattooed and like the removal of it, and it's like so gnarly. Like it it scabs over. You have to wait for it to heal, and then you have to do the process again. So doing that to your entire chest, like I hope it doesn't look like a burn victim. I know. I know. Yeah. Yeah. I mean. It's such like a cautionary tale that tattoos really are so permanent. And I love that we are, or at least for me, I cannot commit to one aesthetic for longer right. than no, you know, the same way. two weeks, yeah, yeah. essentially. Yeah. By the time, like, by the time in general, my, you know, my, uh, my virtual closet arrives from Zara with my entire new wardrobe, I've already moved on to a different look. Yeah. So I cannot imagine like having gotten a tattoo because I'm sure I would regret every single one. And I already do. Like every tattoo idea I've ever had, I now look back and yeah. I'm so thankful I never got it. Right, right. I don't know. Some people can pull them off. It's just something where we can pull them off. Like some people just is, like vibes work with it. Yeah. And I just think that some I'm just recognizing my, the own limitations of my vibe right now, mm-hmm. you know, in this year of my, uh, of my birth. And I just – it's just not a good look for me. It just doesn't really work on my like look with my like body. Like I just – Yeah. Well, that's the thing is it's like – and it's fine. I, I I think they honestly do look better on brunettes because I think the dark ink ma- – Oh, that's know, interesting. Dark hair. Yeah. I was actually thinking my friend Riley has like really good tattoos and she has like – she has beautiful brown hair. I really do. And like I'm not saying that it can't look great on a blonde too. I just think that in general like – a tattoo like on you know my like freckled skin, I don't think it's gonna be the hottest vibe. Yeah, I think it also depends personally. on like your like skin tone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like if you, I think actually pale skin, dark hair tattoos is a is a more flattering vibe. But again, I just also think like we're pretty gun shy on making any sort of like permanent triggers. Like, I mean, can we talk about your ear from... piercing? Exactly. You know? I, exactly. I couldn't even handle being double pierced. Mm-hmm. I couldn't even commit to that. Right. To potentially having permanent hole, hole additional holes like, in my ears. They were not gauges for the record, but yes. It's so funny. I mean, remember when you went, oh my gosh, Chandler once got her hair done and got went from blonde to like a warm, more muted blonde. Mm-hmm. That was it. 
It was it was such a subtle shade difference. Oh, I swear it was like a three day deliberation beforehand. Should I do this? Do mm-hmm. I have the will? Mm-hmm. Do I have the bravery? Do I have the courage? Right, like, to go will to be this a be darker blonde? No, and and do you know what I said to my friend who has brown hair? The night I got it done, I was, you know, just adjusting not well um, at all. And I looked at her. I looked at my brunette friend and I said, are brunettes even pretty? Stop. Yeah. I was freaking out. Yeah, this just shows the delusion that I have. Brunettes are beautiful. And also, when I said this to my friend, please, I was inebriated. So, you know, I was not at my – I did not have my wits about me. And I do apologize because it's it's not true at all. And she's, like, way hotter than me. So (laughs) – I know that this podcast, we bring it our, up our uh, family life way too much, but it, honestly, we were just brainwashed by our mother. Who I know. Really, anytime we were not super platinum blonde or super blonde, she basically looked at us with dismay. Yeah. It's just like, well, it was just always blonder is always better. Totally. Oh, she always like called anything darker than like slightly below platinum for her was dishwater, dishwater mouse color. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. It's that mouse color. Oh, you're, it's from your father. It's like, it's say. so bad because I would actually so. like to know what my natural hair color looks like, but I don't have the bravery to go back you don't to have it. The courage. You don't no. have the courage. And neither do you. Nobody has it. No, I definitely don't. I don't even have the courage to be, you know, double pierced. So that's where oh, we're at. Oh gosh. We're a mess. Oh, ch- Chandler, in other news, I would like to talk to you about um, a new trend that's happening. Okay. So um, so some very brave people in our culture have decided to come out um, and reveal themselves as demisexual. Are you aware of this? Does that have to do with being Demi Lovato? No. Okay. No, it's actually totally unrelated. Okay. So actually, Andrew Cuomo's daughter came out as de- demisexual. Okay. Chandler. All right. Demisexual, so you can be aware, so you can, you know, not be ignorant. Mm-hmm. Um, so you can please try to be try to be considerate of this marginalized group. Demisexual people are people who are only attracted to people that they have a emotional connection to. So they're like everyone else? <laughs> so they're like basically every other girl. <laughs> oh, but it's like not doesn't have to do with gender. It's not like gender first, then do I have an emotional attraction to them. Correct. Mm, Nothing okay. to do with gender. Well, you know what? I'm all for it. I'm all here for, you know, me- more meaningful relationships. Call me Serena Joy. Like, great. If you're going to only have relationships with people that you feel is da- deep emotional bond to, great. Do it. I mean, I like – it's basically like coming out as not a slut, which I oh appreciate. My gosh. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, as the Serena Joy of this podcast, I definitely appreciate and applaud. Wow. Wow. Although I do think, okay, this is a little bit of a an aside, but I do think that when I was dating in my dating times, men that I would be on dates with, they would definitely try to hook up with me. Um, oh, okay. Flex. I'm sorry. Isn't that the, literally the experience of every woman going <laughs> on dates? It's like the guy is there because he's trying to eventually hook up with you. Um, and so, and in that process – you know, as I basically would come out as demisexual every time. Right. <laughs> because I did not want to, you know, I remember there was this like German guy I went on a, a date with um, in Laguna Beach and it was our first date and he invited me back to his house um, for some ice cream. Mm-hmm. And I said, I will definitely go back to your house and get ice cream. It's very cold. We were in Laguna. I was like, but I do not want to hook up with you. 
Like I was like, I would love to continue, you know, the conversation and continue getting to know you, but I don't want to hook up. I do not want to hook up. I absolutely do not. We get back to his apartment. He thought that was all like a, a fun ruse and like a, you know, of basically. Course, just like being coy. Exactly. Like, of course, no doesn't mean no. Of course it exactly. doesn't. I mean, I had I had that experience so many times and to the point where I just figured out that like if you go back to their house, they will just assume that you want to hook up with right, them. Right, right, like, right. Like, it's, like, it's like the chase is on. Exactly. So I go back. We actually do have some delicious ice cream. And he proceeds to, you know, try try to um, have a ha- – uh, he proceeds. Oh, my gosh. And, um, yeah, okay. And – and so I had to come out as demisexual. I didn't know that's what I was doing, but that's what I did. And I told him, you know, I, I'm actually like, if that was to happen, it would be like months from now. And he literally like started laughing and thought it was so ridiculous and couldn't even Ew, believe. Oh my gosh. What, but, but I do feel like that was always my experience. Like because of this like pervasive cultural like thing of like hookup culture or and the this idea that like – I feel like there's kind oh. of this like narrative push that girls love to be casual and that's like the very right. common no. thing nowadays. Mm-hmm. You had to literally be like, oh, wait, I I actually don't – that's not really me. Right. And right. and you get kind of like made fun of. Do, right. do you have – like, like, do you remember – this yeah. ever happened to you? It's like groundbreaking if you actually are interested in a relationship. Yeah. I mean I remember I was like seeing somebody and – I, I I mentioned, I was like, okay, so like we've been seeing each other for probably a month. And I was like, yeah, like what are you like – after about a month, I was like, okay, so what's happening? Like, you know, are we headed somewhere, you know, in a more meaningful direction? And they were like, whoa, 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 whoa. Like right. it, was, it was completely beyond like their like grasp on reality that I would be – that I was actually interested in doing and like having a like meaningful, deep like bond the tone that you're met with is one of like dismissive, like ridicule. I just remember too, I was on a date with, I had been going on dates with this guy for like a couple of months. And he told me that he was seeing a girl for a year. They'd been seeing each other for a year. And that she said to him, I, she said after a year, she said, why are we, why are you not my boyfriend? He like told me this story like in jest. And that was the last time I saw each other. And that he said after that, that was the last time we saw no, him. No, no, no. That was the last time I saw him. Oh, yeah. Because okay, he was yeah. like, like, I was like, are you are you kidding me? I'm like, oh, can I have this girl's number? I'd like to be friends with her. She sounds like me. Uh, no, she does not sound like us because you, neither of us right, but I'm like, dated I, someone for a full year without uh, having the DTR. And, and, and I'm, like, I'm sure it took a ton of courage after a year to say that. It's just, I don't, yeah, I don't get and it. And a ton of like burying your own emotions and needs. Mm-hmm. I I fully had a similar conversation where this girl was like, yeah, we, I was, you know, I've been with this guy for like eight months, you know, we've been dating or whatever. And so I finally like had the conversation with him about like wanting a relationship. And it's like, really, you have to go eight months in our culture to let someone know that you eventually would like a commitment. Like it's, it's, it is seriously like the biggest bullshit there. It's we've, the biggest bullshit. I just, talked about it, it makes me crazy. Yeah. I know, but we, it still makes no, me crazy. It's, it is just like this, it's this totally flawed uh, idea that you have to be so chill until you eventually trick someone into dating you. Yeah. You both like fall into a relationship. Mm-hmm. That's really like the only way. And it's, it's, 
like my yeah you you everyone on this everyone who listens to this podcast knows how I feel about this but I think that if that's what you want and it probably is because that's what most sane healthy people want um then you should just say that right out of the gate like basically on the first date yeah and let them let them run for like force the inevitable conclusion like it's just incredibly inefficient to yeah, I think like the guessing game of like oh is this gonna turn into something and I think also with the right person you kind of know that it's going to turn into something or you at least can start to feel like that like I, I feel like when I first started dating Ben like right. I felt like from the get-go that I could I, I could tell that there was a lot of he was also um in like there was an equal amount of investment from the two of us and that to me was a good indicator of like oh I think like this I don't think this is just some casual thing and like it's not like from the get-go, Ben was like, you know, Casanova. I mean, like, he did a lot of, like, he did have some grand gestures, but it wasn't like we were instantly boyfriend and girlfriend. In fact, like, we were exclusive, and then I found out that there was, like, a difference in – for him, there was a difference between being exclusive and being boyfriend and girlfriend. Mm. And so, like, that was, like, you know, a, a conversation where I had to vocalize, like, hey, that's actually really important to me that we do have this label, especially since right. we're long distance. And so that was, like, something for us to work through. I just think that you have to be honest about what you want with yourself and with the other person. And it'd be one thing if we were all like basically in the prime of our lives forever, because then it's, there's no risk, there's no skin in the game. But I think especially as a woman, when you spend eight months, a year with someone that you could have been meeting someone else who wanted the future that you want, but instead right. you invested that time in someone else, it's actually a huge, huge sacrifice. And not something to be taken lightly. Anyway, that's my soapbox moment. I agree. Um, Okay. Another thing that's going on, Chan. So on the Patreon, we talked about how we talked about breast implants and a little bit about like breast implant illness, which is something that some women experience. Most are totally fine. But, you know, I kind of talked on the Patreon about how like I would totally get tiny, tiny little implants if, if I felt like you know, there wasn't this risk of getting breast implant illness. And Claire Crawley has recently come out and said she's having hers removed because she's been having all these symptoms, including like hives and rashes on her chest and on her neck and enlarged lymph nodes. And she eventually um, got her blood work done and a CT or she had an ultrasound and a mammogram and there's fluid building up behind her, one of her implants. And apparently her doctor said, looking at her blood work, that her white blood cells have been elevated for five years. Oh my gosh. Like, how do you not no- notice that or track that? I know. It's really interesting. Um, but basically, I think that's like what goes up when your body's fighting right. an infection or yeah. something. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so I think it's interesting. Like, I think it's just like there's so many people that en- end up getting them taken out and feel like they're making them sick. So Yeah. I think after watching her IGTV video, like – to me, the most scary part was just how random the symptoms are and how much they can vary in seriousness. Like, I, I think she had like some hives and some weird like skin rashes. And I just know that like we have a lot of like health neuroses. And mm-hmm. I would just start, I just know that if this happened to me, I would start to attribute everything weird in my body everything. to that. Like, I just, there's just no way that I wouldn't fall prey to that. Um, exactly. And it's just super scary to, to not know how your body's gonna react. And then, but it's literally your body sending you a signal. It's like, hello, I'm being poisoned. Right. 
Right, exactly. And I mean, Terry Dubrow, who's actually like the king of breast implants, he has like lots of videos, or he used to, and anyway, of like taking out breast implants and how they like so many of them just like explode in people or like open up in people and the silicone or whatever it is leaches into their bodies. Like that cannot be good for you. No, absolutely not. I mean, I think it's... But I guess like I, we just didn't really grow up ever hearing about this because I mean I know plenty of people with breast implants who never have had any issues. But I know I know a few people who I one woman who we both know I won't like out her now, but um, one woman she turned me on to this whole thing and like told me to join this Facebook group. She was actually a woman in our ward, and then I know like another family member had issues and. Um, and actually I think one of the most interesting things was listening to Heather and Terry on their podcast because Terry Dubrow is a total boob guy and loves boobs and Heather Dubrow has remained like basically flat chested ever since having kids and never got breast implants uh-huh. because mm-hmm. basically because of this. So yeah. I think that's interesting. Yeah, too. that is. I would like to listen to that episode. Send it to me. Yeah. Well, on that somewhat scary note, should we conclude? Should you I go back so. to your birthday? Chan, it's been a pleasure. Love Always you. love you. Have a great Bye. birthday. Bye. Thanks. That's all for now, folks. Don't forget, give us a five-star review. Hit us up on Instagram at Apologists, and we will see you next week, live every Wednesday. Do you ever worry about running out of interesting things to say to friends when you actually get to see them? Then we've got the perfect podcast for you. I'm Eve Yohalem, and each week on Book Dreams, my co-host Julie Sternberg and I use books to explore fascinating questions, like what happened when a Harvard professor staked her reputation on an alleged gospel of Jesus's wife that turned out to be fake? And how did debut author Tom Lynn save the American Western by blowing it to bits? Are pigeons rats with wings or wonder birds? And what's the who, what, when, where, how, and especially why of books bound in human skin? Recent and upcoming Book Dreams highlights include conversations with Booker Prize-winning author Marlon James, Pulitzer Prize-winning journalist Catherine Schultz, and Merlin scholar Dr. Laura Campbell. You can listen to Book Dreams wherever you get your podcasts. Hey everyone, I'm Emily Beerley and I'm Jennifer Chaikin and we're licensed marriage and family therapists, owners of the therapy group and hosts of the Shrink Chicks podcast. Every week we bring you a new episode where we dive into therapeutic topics like inner child work, dating anxiety, family dynamics, relationships and burnout, making them more relatable and understandable, leaving the psycho babble behind. We address the things you've been dying to ask your therapist but don't know how and work to help you stop shooting all over yourself with the expectations society can put on us. Tune in every Monday to Shrink Chicks on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. Be sure to follow along and subscribe so you don't miss an episode. Prepare to learn all about you, because in order to grow yourself, you got to know yourself. Hey.